Hi, Chores! Welcome to Digest with Choo Choo's, a podcast exploring the influence of food on our soil, body, and soul. From regenerative farming to table rituals, let us embark on an Epicurean journey and meet captivating guests who invite meaning and purpose from field to fork. My name is Lea Sednawi, gourmand at heart, and your host. I believe that chewing or living well is choosing. Let's find out how, together, get comfortable and happy listening. Today, we are hosting Dimitri Silberberg, a young chef who left an engineering background to dive into a culinary adventure. His curiosity about cooking led him to understand and like food, not the other way around, in his words. He teams up with large festivals, and as he develops his style and skills, he still holds at heart a mission to nourish and understand how to feed people better. Welcome, Dimitri, today to Digest with Choo Choo's podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. So can you tell us how you got into cooking? Well, thank you for having me. And yes, it is a big ambition. I got into cooking thanks to my parents. Both of them had this passion of cooking that they gave to me, this passion of good food, of also of sharing meals. Uh, I guess this is also part of my family culture, uh, which is part of the Jewish culture. It was very important to me when I was a kid. Even though I was not religious, this was probably the main feature that I received from the Jewish culture. And so... Because of this way of living, I had just a great time being a kid because I would have the opportunity to cook with them, to learn. It also gave me the joy of discovering food because when I was a kid, I didn't eat much. I didn't like many ingredients, but by cooking and by getting to know this world, I also discovered food. It's thanks to cooking that I discovered food, not the other way around. And for as long as I can remember, I was always very passionate about cooking. But I guess at some point, when I was maybe 20, I realized, all right, this passion, can I make something of it, which is more than just cooking at home. I had some experiences in restaurants growing up, but they were not very conclusive. And so when I was 20 years old, I decided, all right, let's focus on my studies first. And then when I'm done with this, we'll see about cooking. And it's actually while doing those studies and while not cooking that I realized that was actually what I wanted to do. So every opportunity that I had, which was outside of my curriculum, I used uh, and I dedicated to cooking. That's how step by step I realized, all right, this is taking more and more space in my life. And it is actually more thrilling to me to be in a kitchen. Can you, if you take a step back, tell us more about what you picked to study? I studied very rational and scientific things. In France, there is a prépa system where you study math and physics. And then this led me to a business school and an engineering school, which were in Lille. During my first year, I did an internship. And this was actually my first experience of food as not just cooking, but maybe more of an organization for a country. And, and this was very interesting to me. I had the best time over there. And I learned that it was not just cooking that was important. It was also how people consume that would lead them to their way of life. 
at that moment, I was not very clear about what was the difference between cooking, consuming, living at home, etc., etc. And the more I studied, the more I had the opportunity to put the pieces back together. And this led me to my thesis, which was about education. How do you educate people to eat better, to consume better? And what are the changes that you can make so that they have more information about that? My focus was to think about education as a process that comes from when you're a kid. Because for me, consumption habits are already very strong when you're even my age. So yeah, my hypothesis was that you have to interest yourself in the kids and when they don't have those habits and you have to give them the tools for them to develop good habits. So the first part of my thesis was to understand what is a good habit and what are the different factors that come into play into this food consumption. It's very large and, and very multifactorial. The second part was to understand the school restaurant system in our country and how comes into play into the education process of the kids. And then the third part was a bit more open in listing some examples of very effective initiatives that have been created around the country and how those initiatives had impact into the education of the kids. Can you tell us what is it that you've jumped into now? When I was in need during my studies, all my free time was dedicated to cooking, basically. And all my outside projects were dedicated to cooking. This led me to work for big festivals. By chance, I got into being volunteer for a festival. And I guess my way of helping was to cook. I had the chance to discover one in particular, which is called La Douve Blanche, which is a small festival outside Paris. And this festival is also a food festival where they invite chefs on the same level as artists. So not only they would be equivalent, let's say, on the, on the lineup, but also they would have a space to express themselves. And so this festival, which is very nice, which I advise you to go to if you have the time, uh, is actually the start of everything to me because it led me to meet those people. The association that organizes the festival is bigger than just the festival. They also have restaurants and different activities in Paris. And so when I joined them, I also joined their activities and helped them in whatever project they had. And they are the ones who actually taught me how to cook professionally. Who were your mentors? I guess I had maybe two or three. So the first one is actually the head chef for the festival. And he's the one who actually took me in and said, all right, if you want to cook, then come in and we'll see. He was very inspiring because the way he taught me was not very technical, but he ignited the passion. He said, okay, if you are passionate about this, then you need to give it your all. And his way of working is exactly like this. He's a very passionate person. So by communicating his passion in the kitchen, he inspired me to really dive in and actually be completely invested in this. That's probably something that I would not have done by myself because I would have been too shy, I guess, to really completely express my passion in cooking. He was so passionate and he was so hardworking that it was very easy for me to just jump in so that, yeah, that would be the first one. And the second one, his name is Rodolphe Graffin. He's also a chef. He taught me how to create a good environment in a kitchen. Because I had had experiences in restaurants before when I was a 
kid growing up, but those were not very conclusive because every time I did those, I was actually kind of disappointed by the environment I was in because it wasn't very classical Parisian restaurants. It was a very tough and very professional in the bad way, I guess. There was no joy, there was no love. I was very frustrated by those first experiences. And probably this is what led me to say, okay, I'm going to focus first on my studies and we'll see about cooking later. Dimitri shares his experience and hardship in traditional, rigid kitchen environments that lack imagination. Discovering the kitchen through the lens of a festival and a powerful group in the city brought back this fluidity and engaged him with a new possibility of being in the kitchen. Discovering a new way of cooking and the way they introduced cooking to me was so different and so inspiring that it gave me a whole new energy. He taught me how to create an environment that was inspiring for everyone. He made me understand that if if everyone's not committed and if you don't give the opportunity to everyone to really give themselves like 100% in the kitchen, it's not going to work. Like a kitchen is like other places. It's a place where you have uh, some rules, where you need to be sharp, when you have codes that you need to really follow, otherwise it's not going to work. And uh, this setup can be quite scary for people and it can lead to conflict at some moments. So you need to be able to regulate those issues by creating an environment that's going to be inspiring for everyone. And it's also peaceful. So it's a challenge because you have to be chill, but very efficient. So this is a very explosive cocktail that you have to manage. And it's always... And under pressure with the timing. Exactly. So you can be on the edge, but which is also part of the thrill. Yeah. And, and being on that edge, feeling this adrenaline is what's making everybody actually come together. What were the highlights of the festival, for example? During a festival, there's different venues. You have a venue which is for about 2,000 people. So in that regard, we create a street food venue. Every chef who is invited will create one recipe that we'll put on the venue for the people. Apart from this, you also have a gastronomic venue, which is inside the castle. Yeah, there's a castle. And it's inside the castle. And this is going to be a lot smaller. It's going to be for maybe 60 people. And this is going to be a five or six steps venue, gastronomic meal. It has kind of this two speed, two ways of actually discovering also food, because for some people, it can be the first time that they discover this gastronomical world. My way of thinking food for those events is that I want people to have many different options. I want them to feel like they can choose between different things. And because also it helps reduce big quantities that you have to make, because it's always hard to make one thing in huge quantities. I said I worked in festival, but I also do something else, which is to help smaller festivals it's called a festival, but it's not really a festival. It's like maybe 200, 300 people event, which will take place over a weekend. And those sorts of gatherings are actually becoming more and more popular and appealing to people because uh, since COVID, a lot of people don't want to be in such big festivals. And they prefer 
this smaller, more intimate way of creating events. There is a need to be able to handle food for two, three hundred people, which is difficult because it's always a challenge of understanding what you're going to cook for them. Is there a food philosophy that you feel represents you more or that you're developing with time now? Yeah, so my philosophy is to make food that people would be able to make at home. I don't want to make something which is, in, in those events particularly, something that people cannot reproduce because the main point of this is that I don't cook by myself. So I'm the head chef, but people are actually volunteering to help me. And because I need volunteers, it means that I need to transmit my way of seeing food to them. And if they're not into what I want to cook, they're not going to be able to help me. I want them to feel happy about what they're doing. And I want them to feel comfortable in my kitchen as if it were their own, as if it were a kitchen in their home. So I guess it's between home cooking and big quantities. In between, there is this space that I want to explore, which is how to make this food, which is simple, which is heartful, but also a bit more delicate than just like a pasta salad, because it needs to be also appetizing for them. What I find helpful is to actually create constraints for me because they help me breed my creativity. Can you tell us more about that? Two years ago, I had a gap year. And during this gap year, I had the opportunity to be the head chef of a place where we would receive people every weekend for an event. Those events would have between 80 and 150 people. And every other weekend, I would have to make food for them. At first, when I started this job, I was kind of scared because I didn't know how to also challenge myself into making things that I didn't know. And every time what I found helpful was to speak with the organizers because there would be a group of people who would be invited to create an event in our place. So my job was to make contact with them, think about their event and how the food could be included in the event. For example, I remember one time there was an event which was trying to make us explore more of our senses. And so I found funny to try and make food which you could eat without cutlery. What you do in a kitchen and when you organize events is just find solutions. So you have a plan and nothing's gonna work. Go to plan, yeah. So, so you just have to come up with solutions every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just tying into something you mentioned in the introduction. So as a team and alone, working in a kitchen, it always equates to very long hours yeah. on your legs, on your feet, working around, but also very thoughtfully preparing a meal. So there's a big balance between being thoughtful and present, but also doing something much more mechanical and, and intuitive sometimes. There's a lot of time alone spent in the kitchen, even if you're in the team. Yeah. Uh, is cooking spiritual to you? Where does your mind wander, tying into creativity and all the pressure from all of your exposure to all these festivals and the jobs you've done? I guess the answer is not so straightforward. For example, if I cook by myself at home or with someone, it's going to be a completely different approach to when I'm working. If I work and I'm part of this team, my mind will be focused on the event. So... 
it will wander around and think about a thousand things, but it would probably still be related to the event we're doing. When I'm at home and I cook for myself or my family, which happens a lot, my mind can wander anywhere. <laughs> and it is actually something I look for. I'm very happy to cook by myself and to just be for an hour or two by myself in the kitchen, not thinking about anything, really. It's kind of a meditation sometimes. I speak a lot of meditation with my brother because he's very into it. And he tried to introduce me to it, but I'm having a hard time acquiring the practice of meditating every day. And when we speak about this topic, actually, my meditation is cooking. So every process he has while meditating, I will have while cooking. We speak a lot about la pleine conscience, uh, and the way I understood this concept was for someone to be able to kind of take a step back from the stream of consciousness that they can kind of see in front of them. And this, I'm never able to do when I meditate with my brother. But when I'm in a kitchen, I can probably do it, which is very interesting. So this, in a way, is very spiritual. Tying the spirituality of cooking to religion, I asked Dimitri if his Jewish upbringing through family may have influenced his incline to being spiritual. He shares that both his parents weren't religious, but that he did grow up embracing Jewish culture and its rituals. I was always part of a Jewish culture, but never a religious one. I think now I realize this is that my parents... I guess unconsciously they gave us those rituals and this kind of spirituality even though they were rejecting it because mm. for them they were very rational people so spirituality was something that had very little to do with life and they were very little uh, interested in this. I was always more curious and I guess it's not a surprise that my brothers and I we are more curious about this is because we didn't have this opportunity when we were kids. The way we interest ourselves in spirituality is, I guess, very tied to what we lacked when we were kids. But I also find it interesting to discover spirituality outside religion. And in that way, cooking is for me this kind of meditation that you can find at home, that you can find every time you need, which will give you a way to have a look back on what you are thinking about and in that sense it is very close to a religion how do you want to touch people through your food i guess it is always a part of my process to educate to give people a way of learning from cooking what's the learning so i'm not sure yet <laughs> good I, i don't really know you're exploring for me, yes for, for me what is interesting is first to discover food. I realized that a lot of people in my friends or the people I meet are not so curious about food. They will have food they like, food they dislike, but often they're not very curious about what they don't know. And because it is scary and it is complicated to discover food you don't know because you don't know what to do with it, because you don't have the skills or the knowledge to cook them. And in that way, I want to be able to make them feel like they can discover food. I guess I'm trying to inspire them into discovering more, which is what happened to me. When I was a kid, even when I was 16 years old, I didn't eat any vegetable, hardly any fruit. I would eat mainly pasta, meat or fish. 
And by cooking and by being introduced to those different types of food, which I didn't like, I loved cooking them, but I didn't like them. And eventually it got me into tasting. And now I eat basically anything, which was kind of a lost cause. When I was 16, my parents were completely devastated by this because I would make food every day, which was amazing. And I would just say, I don't like it. So I guess this, I want to be able to give this to others. Food as nutrition and sustenance, but also understanding a bigger picture of where it comes from and what it is, where it's made, that whole ecosystem. And now that I've had more time to dive into food education, I also understand all the challenges that we have to face as a society into consumption and into what we want to eat. So I guess this is also something very important now. It's not just something which I wish to do. I think it's something that needs to be done. So even at, in my small scale, I guess this is my way of helping, of just trying to spread some knowledge about food. Because what I understood is that bad habits, bad consumption habits, they come from just people who don't know. Because they don't know better, they actually consume bad things. I don't have all the knowledge, but this knowledge that I have a bit, I'm trying to make people understand that food is not just what they eat, it's also what they consume. And this transition is something that is very important to me. Do you have close relations with your suppliers, producers, farmers? Of course. That you work with? And how do you promote them to your audience? So. In my everyday life, not so much because I don't have a fixed home and so I move around a bit, but my parents, for example, we have a house on an island in Bretagne, which is called Ile de Bas, and this island has a lot of farmers on it. We've started to know all the producers of the island, so this is something that is very important to me, to know them, to understand how they work. I've been going to them, asking them questions about how they work and also how it is to do this on an island, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. When I work, most of the festivals or restaurants I work with, they have kind of values, which usually implies that they need to put forward their producers that they have 50 kilometer, 100 kilometer radius that they supply in. This year, we created a scene, a culinary scene, where we invited the producers and we kind of made a radio show and invited all the producers on the radio show and they published it after the festival but it was nice and so you had producers come explain to people what they do is there anything that you want to add about your practice what you're doing your interests where you're heading so where i'm heading now is to try and learn more hard skills. I feel like in order to get my cooking to another level, I need some hard skills, which I don't have right now. I have all the basic skills that one requires to be in a kitchen, but right now I'm at a point where I need someone to give me tips or skills. And to do this, I'm actually gonna go travel. So next year I will be traveling on a boat sailing to Mexico. But yeah, that's going to be exciting. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I hope to be able to get to a point where I can find maybe a restaurant or a place where I could settle for a couple months 
and actually learn some hard skills because I think it's important at some point to develop those skills. And then we'll see. I don't know. I'm thinking about coming back to France afterwards and working in a restaurant. But at the I same was just, time... Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, how do you see yourself growing and evolving from that field and that experience? So I think the big question for me now is to understand if I want to work in a restaurant, as in be in a restaurant for a long time and settle, or if I want to pursue more of the independent side of working for festivals and organizing events. Because what I understood from my last experiences is that you cannot do both at the same time, at least. You can do both, but not at the same time. The reason I wanted to travel next year is also because I wanted to go on an adventure. This adventure is probably what is inspiring to me right now is to leave and, and discover something which I don't know. So between working in a restaurant full-time or going on an adventure, do you feel... What I have a hard time often with when I go to restaurants is that I find that sometimes when you go to a restaurant, you are actually further from your objective as a consumer because the restaurant doesn't really have the values that you have. So you need to find a place which will convey the values that you have and finding this place is often hard. For myself, what I find more interesting in relation to those values and in relation to getting close to the earth, for example, or uh, there's actually a, an anthropologist that wrote a book about this. His name is Ma Michael Pollan, and he yeah. wrote a book about the, the four elements and how we relate to those elements in regard to food. That was one of my first readings that really inspired me into traveling, because when I read this book, I realized that my way of cooking was probably very narrow-minded because it was so limited by the fact that I lived in the city, that I had my education here in Paris, and that cooking in different parts of the world would actually lead me to understanding many different aspects of food cooking, which I didn't know. So I think this is also why I want to travel, is because by traveling, by getting to cook in different environments. You can also have different ties. You can put different ties into what it is, what it means for the people, what it means for your environment, what it means for your community. And every time you find a place that has cooking, that has a kitchen, you'll probably find that people put different intention in this place. And so I guess yeah, I guess at the moment I just want to explore this and see what intentions that, what are the intentions that I don't know about, which would interest me. Thank you, Dimitri, for sharing your journey with us. It's fascinating to see where life takes you and the impact that food has on, on the way you see life and how you want to impact others. Now I'm going to finish with our last quirky question that we ask every guest. Okay. So in food or in life, what do you digest or not digest? In life, well, in food, I digest pretty much everything. And in life, I guess everything can be digested. It's funny that you say digest for life because it would mean that you kind of consume it. I don't think I view my life as like something I consume. It's more like I'm being digested by the world. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and my way of living is probably 
just getting moved on by life and the way I move around, the way I make my choices is maybe this kind of digestion that you speak about. Great. <laughs> That's a great answer. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You chew, you choose. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, give it a like and subscribe for more delicious content to digest.